0: Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. gospel reading this morning, as Jesus has conversation with one of the legal experts of the religious leaders who know the law very well, and asks Jesus an important question, not a unique question in his day, um, and not the first person to talk about what the center of the law was. But in responding to this man, Uh, Jesus demonstrates that he stands uh, within his own Jewish tradition, that at the heart of the law, at the heart of the law way back even in Leviticus, is um, the heart is to love God and to love neighbor. Let us now hear these words from Mark 12. One of the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them He came over and asked him which commandment is the most important of all. Jesus replied, the most important one is Israel, listen, our God is the one Lord and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, well said teacher, you have truthfully said that God is one and there's no other besides him. And to love God with all of the heart of full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Let us pray. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our God, our wisdom, our salvation. Amen. One of the things that strikes me when I read the writings of the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, whether it's his sermons or his journals or his notes or his letters, whatever it is, one of the things that strikes me is how the language of the Bible just rolls off his pen. Just like he is saturated with the words and the concepts of scripture, and it just comes out just flows out because he is so imbued with the language of Scripture. I also, that also strikes me whenever I read any of the sermons or the writings of Martin Luther King Jr. or listen to any of his speeches on YouTube, that again, the language of Scripture just rolls off, rolls off his lips, rolls off. It's almost unconscious, you know what I mean? It's just boy, it's just so into inside of him that when he's speaking about important matters, it just rolls off, just rolls off. One of the concerns that I personally have had for many years, many years, is that we in the church in the West, as important as we say scripture is, as important as we say that it's an authority, a central authority for us, but as important it is for us to know it, I don't think we're very saturated with it. And let me say that depending on one's theology or politics, we lack the point at the other side who doesn't share our views and accuse them of not knowing scripture let me say I don't care whether your theology is liberal or conservative or your politics are liberal or conservative we all have this problem we just do not think in terms of what the scripture tells us that doesn't mean we ignore it it just means we're not imbued with it in the way that perhaps we should be and it makes a, ma- it makes a difference for the church for our public discourse for how we make decisions, for what we do, for the problems that we face. And nowhere, I think, has this been more apparent than in the last year and a half, as we have all dealt with all of the challenges. And there's plenty of them, haven't there been? The challenges of dealing with COVID. And it's at those times when we are trying to think through the most important things of our lives, is when it's revealed what we then think how Scripture speaks to what we're doing. Now, understand, I'm not suggesting this morning that Scripture gives us the answer to all of our problems, that Scripture gives us the easy dis- easy discernment to know everything to do in every situation. No, certainly not. And I can also tell, say this morning that We can read the same scriptures, and reasonable people can disagree how to understand them at times, absolutely. But the one thing that has been apparent to me in this last year and a half is how often the biblical language of love has not come into the discussion. When one reads the Bible from beginning to end, and Jesus affirms it here, it's very clear. Everything that the law has to say, everything that the prophets have to say, everything that we get from Genesis to Revelation focuses on the idea that what God wants of all of us more than anything is for us to love God and, by extension, love the neighbor. You cannot throw a stone. If if you could lay scripture out as a field, you couldn't throw a stone into that field without hitting a verse about how God tells us to love and care for particularly those who are the most vulnerable, those who don't have power, those who don't have wealth, those who are at the mercy of others those who need to be defended, the poor, the orphans, the widows. Richard Stern, in his wonderful book called The Whole in Our Gospel, counts over 5,000 Bible verses, 5,000, that have to do with God's people caring, as we like to quote Jesus, caring for the least of these. And so what at times has concerned me as we've gone through this is that our language sometimes when we're going through what do we do with COVID, what do we do, do we do this, do we wear masks, do we social distance, what do we do, what do we do now, it's kind of interesting isn't it Because, because now restrictions are officially lifted but you know I was telling somebody this morning I've still been walking into businesses with a mask because I don't know what they require right. And if they say they still want masks, I mean, I want to follow that. Want, that's part of being a good neighbor. Okay, you got, want us to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. So it's kind of difficult to know. But what has concerned me is how little at times the language of love has informed our discussion less, much less than the language of rights. So instead of I have a responsibility to love, it's I've got a right. Now, I like rights. (laughs) They're pretty right. I love the, the First Amendment, free speech. I love that we get to assemble peaceably. I think all those things are great. But you won't find the language of rights in Scripture. It's there. Let's make use of it. I like it. But the language of scripture is the language of loving the other, doing what is best for the other. And I think we need to saturate ourselves more with that concept, And that because we are focused on the other, particularly those who are most vulnerable is because that's what God did for us. We love, says St. Paul, because God first loved us. No, oh, that's John. Paul says, God reveals his love that, in, to us as the while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, while we wanted nothing... When we, were, when we were God's enemies, Christ died for us. <laughs> he doesn't say, sign the peace treaty and then we'll think about it. By the way, I want to say something to all of you as a church. I want to say thank you to all of you because in the midst of these difficult times, you have made it much easier for us in this time of COVID. Our leadership talked about what to do and policies, and what do we do, and what do we not do on several occasions. And we weren't quite always in agreement, little disagreements, but not big ones. But the decisions were made, and everybody got on board. And I want to say thank you to you because i can tell you i got colleagues in ministry who who in this time have been so frustrated not knowing what to do because their congregations are doing nothing but fighting over this no protocols all the protocols half the protocols and they're beside they've been beside themselves because everybody's fighting so i want to say thank you thank you It's been a challenging time. You've made it easier for me to be a pastor here, and I thank you for that. And I think part of that has been is because we generally have had this idea that whatever we do, we've got to do what is best. We've got to love one another. And so we're going to take the precautions. We're not going to throw caution to the wind. Yes, we do everything we can, and then we also have to have faith that God is with us, and will surround us. That's important. But when you look at Romans, when Paul writes to the Romans in our epistle reading, we don't know it from reading the English translation, but the the pronoun you is in the plural. Second person plural. So Paul is not just addressing individuals to behave this way, although certainly that's the implication. He's addressing the whole community. Here's how you are to show love. Here's how you are to cling to what is good. Consider everyone as equal and don't think that you're better than anyone else. Instead, associate with people who have no status. And then I like this last sentence. Don't think you're so smart. Don't think you're so smart. And so, I guess what I'm asking for us to do this morning is to continue what we've been doing so well this year and a half, even though now we're here, we're not wearing masks, no social distancing. We've got communion. Boy, I'm so excited for communion this morning. But as we continue to move forward, let us continue to focus in all that we say and do moving forward, whether it has to do with COVID or all kinds of other things, whatever it is. Let us remember that we are to love the Lord our God As the text says, with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, I paraphrase that, love the Lord your God with everything you got. And in so doing, it also means we love our neighbor. We love our neighbor as ourselves. Paul reminds the Philippians in chapter 2 that even though Jesus Christ was in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God as something to hang on to. Let me translate a little bit, bit different way. Didn't consider equality with God as a right that he had to hang on to. But rather, he gave it up. And being found in human form, he humbled himself even to death on a cross for us. The love of Jesus means that the God of the universe in a mysterious way we cannot explain became one of us for our sake may we follow jesus example and may we love one another the jesus way let us pray gracious god how grateful we are for your love for us how grateful we are that we now are able to love one another And I thank you that in the midst of these long, difficult weeks and months, you have been with us, you haven't left us, you've been here working, moving, speaking, we thank you for that. I I thank you personally for this church, for their actions of loving one another, in the decisions that have been made as we have gone through this time and now as we We come out and we know that COVID is not over, but we're heading in the right direction. And for that, we are thankful. And as we come out, help us to continue to focus on what it means for us in loving you to love one another. And may those who come upon us as a faith community May they always leave our presence saying, see how they love one another. May it be so. Amen.